Hello, hello, and welcome back. Thanks for joining us again this week. Uh, this is episode four of our quarantine edition, All Things Sleep and Parenting podcast. Today, I'm Pam, and today when I'm sitting down, I have Heidi again. Hello. And I have Elisa again. Hi. And today's co- topic of conversation um, is one that I, and I feel like this is how I introduce every week, is like, this is something I've really been talking with a lot of our families about, <laughs> but literally this is um, the last three weeks, uh, a lot of restful parenting, a lot of the conversations I am having is with parents who are struggling. Right now, we are dealing with the isolation of quarantine for COVID-19. Uh, the topics that we're going to be covering regardless, even if we are through this or when we are through this, if you are listening to this, these tips are going to help with, you know, when when our little ones are home from summer, for summer vacations, um, out of school, any long-term breaks, any any parenting kind of at home, uh, full-time, these are going to be the tips that are going to help you through. So today's topic of conversation is going to be regressions and what we're seeing in terms of behavior and anxiety and sleep and all of that kind of stuff um, with what we're going through right now. Yeah, because a lot of us are going through it. You're not alone. Yes. Yeah. And and it's tough being a child trying to figure out what's going on, especially a young child, uh, you know, asking the right questions, especially your like three, four, five-year-olds who are just starting in with the questions and stuff. So for them to be able to ask the right question, to be able to ease their anxiety, that's not really something that's going to happen on a regular basis, right? So there's been a lot of changes for our little guys. The ones that have just started school or the ones that have been in school for a few years, this is a huge shift. Um, children who've been in childcare for a year or two, this is a huge shift for them as well. So there's a lot of changes for a lot of us. Oh, and yeah. it's, been, it's been a good amount of time now. Like I think... I mean, I think we're the end of May. That's kind of what I'm going on. I know June is coming very, very soon. So we've been at this a couple of months now. Um, And I feel like this is, sometimes it feels like, okay, we've got our groove. We're good. Things are going well. And then it's like, uh, this is the worst thing in the world and everything's falling off, um, off the rails a little bit. Does that happen? It is very up and down. Personally, I kind of feel like, okay, I think we got it. And then I'm like, Hmm. Do we have it? Are we okay? Maybe I'm just so numb to everything. It's, there's no bearing. There's no horizon to like keep your eye on. Mm-hmm. The, the unknown, the, what we're going to be going back into, like all of that stuff is just, it's hard for us to be able to categorize within our own brains and be able to handle it. A lot of the adults that we're talking with right now aren't handling um, this self-isolation very well. So, you know, I, I just, there's, there's a, but as parents, there are things that we can do that can help um, our little ones. And that's what we're here to talk about today is, you know, as we're seeing these regressions um, through behavior, through some of that anxiety, a lot of a children's anxiety is um, starting to um, come to surface during yeah, this thank time. Yeah. <laughs> thank you for that. Um, and then we're seeing a lot of sleep stuff as well um, with our big kids. And then um, some challenges with as we're starting to kind of slowly reopen some of that socializing again with new people um and bigger crowds so well bigger crowds more than the little tiny amount of people that are in your own home right so for our little ones who've only been with us for the last you know two three months now going out to five six people can be overwhelming for them so those are kind of the topics we're going to talk about but the very first one we're going to talk about is structuring our day yeah this is so huge and yeah it's you know we understand the importance of it because we work with children, right? All of all three of us work with children. So we know that importance of structure. So right from the get go, we implemented that structure, but it's, it's tough. It's tough to maintain it on a daily basis. Right. But when you think about it, our children have been so used to being in school or childcare where there is so much structure from day to day. So then all of a sudden they went from that, their whole world's just flipped right upside down and now they've got no structure, Mm -hmm. right? So that is a recipe for them to start feeling more overwhelmed, less confident and insecure. 
right? Yeah. So that is going to be your first step. If you find that your day is unstructured right now and you're just kind of like taking it one day at a time and just doing very different things from day to day, eating at all different times, waking up at all different times, and you're seeing that there are some behaviors that are coming up or more anxiety, um, power struggles, yeah. all sorts of different things that are coming up, that's going to be your first step. Yeah. yeah, it really is. And it's not like, okay, we have to be up at 6.31 exactly every single morning and at breakfast at 7 a.m. and then outside at 7.30 a.m. Like that, it, that structure for some families works really well and that's what they need. They like to break up their day by that half hour, hour kind of um, timing. But for us in terms of structure of what we, what we really want is that consistency from day to day. So those blocks, right? Mm -hmm. So we, we, as sleep consultants, you know, we, we do encourage waking up at the same time around, right? So within those same 30 minutes every morning for you and your children um, helps regulate that circadian rhythm. It's better for overall sleep, um, especially for children uh, we really want to try and maintain that schedule um, in terms of when they're waking so first first thing is that morning wake up getting that nice and consistent within the same 30 minutes every day that's the goal um, from there we kind of have like meal block right so we kind of have milk and then breakfast uh, then we usually have a little bit of playtime um, nap so now we have a nap block then we have playtime, then we have lunch, and then we have a nap block, then we have playtime, then we have dinner, then we have playtime, then we have bedtime routine block. So, so you yeah. can, yeah, go ahead, Elisa. No, I was just going to say that's, that's exactly how you would structure that day if you're not doing, if you're not paying exact attention to the time. So for me, we need to go a little bit more with that timing. Now I do follow it loosely not everything is going to happen the same day at the same time yeah. every single day. So, but because I'm sharing the work and parenting responsibility with my husband, we are, you know, I, I do need to structure that because we have homework that we have to do at some yes. point we've got, you know, different things, but also TV, I find that TV was becoming something that we were just kind of putting on all day long and, not that there's anything wrong with TV usage, but I found for, for my family, it was getting a little extreme. So having that structure where you get to watch TV at these specific designated blocks or times yes. in the day, right? Yeah, so we have 8 to 9 a.m. They can have their TV time, and then we have from four to uh, from 4.30 to 5.30 as I'm, like, making dinner and stuff. So not only does that save me all day long of, can I watch a show? Can I watch a show? Can I be on electronics? Because I'm we have the TV off during the day. I can't handle the extra noise. It drives me crazy. Um, if anybody's ever driven with me, 90% of the time I turn the radio off unless we're like hanging out and singing just because that background noise just drives me crazy. Um, and my kids will sit in front of it all day long if I allow them. So we do very structured um, TV time and that saves me, especially with Oscar who's would like to do whatever he wants whenever he wants that structure of eight to nine four thirty to five thirty is like huge for him in terms of he doesn't ask me nine thousand times because he knows exactly when it's coming yeah that's just it is they know that it's coming it's not like can i do it now can i do it now how about now right so having that you know loose routine rigid routine whatever is something that works for you it lets your child know what comes next Yes, absolutely. This saves a ton in food as well, because <laughs> they are bored, they will eat. They are tired, they will eat. They are hyper, they will eat. They are hot, they will eat. Like, well, just it doesn't dealing, matter. Dealing they with will them eat. asking. Yeah. Yes. Dealing with them asking for snack 50,000 times a day and you constantly saying, you know, if not they right don't now. see it, not if they not don't see it on that routine, and that's the other thing. You want this routine of yours to be something that's visual for them. Because, yeah. I mean, I don't even know a lot of adults that can do it without it being visual. For me, I need my calendar in front of me, right? Like, I need yeah. to see it. I need to see what's booked. I cannot mentally 
have just, oh, my calendar's there and this is what we're doing, right? Has to be written out. So our children really, really need that. It oh, can be huge ben benefit for them. Pictures for young children. Yep. It could be written out blocks for older children who can read. But for your younger children, like pictures go such a long way. Yes. And I actually have um, pictures of my son standing at the routine and just pointing and like he's reading it, but he's looking at the pictures and he's going by what the pictures say. And he goes over it a couple of times a day usually. And it's just the cutest little thing. But this really helps with the, can I watch TV now? Can I do it now? Can we do yeah. it now? Can we do it now? Can I have a snack now? Can I eat now? I'm hungry. I'm hungry. It's, you know, well, snack. What time is snack at? On the routine. Yes. Go and check the routine. What does, this, what does the routine say for snack, right? And so yep. then you're, you're redirecting them to that routine and you're not constantly having to say, it's not snack time yet. It's not time to eat yet. No, you're not eating now, right? So that gives them the control, right? Um, mm -hmm. Okay, I know when it's coming, but it also, you're turning it back on them. So you're now giving them the tools. So they're not coming to you 9,000 times. They may still go to that calendar five, six times to check, just like Dre did, right? Like going back to that routine schedule calendar, sorry, um, or routine chart. Uh, they may go back to there, but then they're not coming to you asking all of the time, right? And and so I would do, like, yeah. if I'm doing snack, I would finish snack, and I'd say, okay, kitchen's closed until lunch now, guys, right? We know, or I'll ask them, okay, when's the next time you guys are eating? And they're like, we know at lunchtime, and I'm like, okay, just making sure everybody knows before I leave the kitchen, because I'm not turning around in two seconds to make you guys something again. Yeah. Um, so this can really help also with you designating that time to spend with them or yes. making sure that they're having that educational time, making sure that they are getting that time to just play by themselves and be creative, you know, so that you can get other things done. And it really helps us for, you know, being those busy parents that we are, especially during a time like this, if you have to work. If you have yeah, to do yeah. laundry or clean or do anything like that, you know when in in your day when you're going to be able to structure that. Yeah, and that's huge, especially when you're feeling like right now where it feels like there's so much time to do everything, yet there's not enough time to get anything done. It's just such a weird time. So when we had started this uh, conversation about um, kind of regressions, we had gone into the group uh, on Facebook, All Things Sleep and Parenting, um, and we had asked some of the families what were their struggles, and independent play, preferring one parent, refusing to get dressed, put on their shoes, that kind of stuff, those were, um, oh, and power struggles, so those were four of the really big pieces, and those four pieces all come back, can all be tied into that structure for the day that structured day, that schedule, that routine chart, without that scheduled routine chart, um, like we said, it's going to make things a lot harder, right? So uh, like Elisa said, scheduling in that independent play. So if you have a little one who's really struggling with independent play, having that in the calendar, this is your 10 minutes by yourself to play. And, and we do have an episode, uh, no, we don't have an episode, but we do have a Facebook live. Blog? Yes. Oh, okay. um, I think it's a Facebook blog, a Facebook live. So I'm going to, once this is up, I will link it um, in the comments below, but we have one on independent play or maybe it's, maybe it is a blog. I'm not sure guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> we'll check. <laughs> but we, do we did have record a, a podcast, but it wasn't able to come. It wasn't yes. able to come out yet because then all of this happened and we weren't able to oh, get right. it edited. Yeah. So we have a couple that are, are, will be, on standby as soon as we we get back to real life but independent play is a really big one especially right now so we're having a lot of our three four five year olds who are really struggling to spend any time on their own to have any time on their own um, to be able to play so this can get really hard as a parent when you are trying to like Lisa said work get laundry anything done if you have a child who refuses to do any play on their own um, we do talk a little bit about um, that guilt the independent play comes with a lot of guilt um we feel like we should be entertaining them and uh the opposite i mean yes we're playing with our children uh but that time for independent play is has 
immense benefits to their overall well-being, mm. to their development, to everything. So independent play is huge. And you want to encourage that. We want our children to be able to be able to play by themselves. So starting small, if your little one's really struggling with it, you're going to start small, 5, 10, 15 minutes, work your way up into that, but put that into the schedule so that they can see this is their time. And set yeah. them up with something that they like to do during that time. So yes. Play-Doh. Play-Doh is a great independent. I mean, Play-Doh is great to do with them, but it's also a great independent play thing as well because they will sit down and there's, there's just so much that they can do with Play-Doh that it tends to keep their attention and they're able to just do that at the table. Lego is mm -hmm. another one. Like Lego is one that's great to do with them but it's also a great independent play thing to, to have them do. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then sit beside them. So say this is like when you want to meal plan, get some work done, whatever, sit beside them at the kitchen table and you, when they keep saying, you know, mommy, uh, can you make me a flower? It's like, oh, mommy's doing her work right now. You're doing your work right now, but you're right beside them. Yeah, yeah, you're nice and close if you need to be. Um, the goal is that we do want to, um, if, if you need that time to be able to go and do your work and they have to sit and play. So absolutely our goal is to get to that point where they can play independently. But in the start, that is a great way of being able to say, I have my work, you have your work, here you go. And some children will really struggle if you're too close because now they want to be on your lap, they want to be right beside you. Yeah. So that's something where you can set up like, here's your table, you know, I'm sitting at the big table, here's your little table over here, or you're at this end of the playroom, I'm over here at this end, or I'm in the dining room, we're still really close, I can still interact, yeah. but um, we have that little bit of space. So this is going to come down to temperament and what's going to work best for your little one and their temperament, um, and what your goals are. But, but encouraging our little ones to have that time on their own is so, so, so beneficial. Um, so I will pop that blog in below as well um, to offer a little bit more tips in that. But that independent play, it's in the schedule. If it's in the schedule, here's that big thing, right? Is that, that power struggle that our three, four, five, six-year-olds are really looking for. And if it's in that schedule, it's no longer you saying, no, you have to go and play. It's okay, this is on the schedule. I get it. So it's like a third party that's, that's telling them what to do. Right. So, yeah. um, that, that makes a big difference with those little ones who are like, Nope, I'm not doing it because you told me to do it. Or I'm not doing it because you suggested it. Oh, look at that. The timer said it was time to go. Okay. I'll listen to the timer then. Right. So it's kind of that same idea is it's in the schedule. They, especially if we're having a lot of power struggles, um, allowing them to have that control of like, Oh yes. Okay. I see what's next is that independent play. On the flip side of making sure to include the independent play in your mix of your schedule, it's also really important to schedule the time with you as their parent for that connection time. Special time. So yeah, special like time. That, yeah, label that, it. Exactly. That connection time with you is the precursor for that independent play time, yes. right? We can't ask our children or they will not be as receptive to going and playing on their own if they feel like they haven't had that chance to really connect with us or if they're feeling disconnected in some way they are not going to go off and be able to play on their own because that's when they're going to be extra clingy towards us right yes. so what I would suggest and what we always suggest for our families is to make sure that you're including that time with them in and include that connection time that special time that mommy and you know, whoever time or daddy and whoever time in there before you are going to have them have independent play. Yeah. So it's yeah. like special time is the block before that independent play time so that you're giving them that connection time and then you're filling their cup and then you're saying, okay, now you can do this activity on your own. Yeah. It's also really important that you label it as that special time because yes. 
what usually happens is they'll be like, but we didn't do anything together today. And you'd be like, we have spent the last six hours doing stuff. <laughs> I've entertained you all day. What do you mean? <laughs> we did a puzzle. We made muffins. We went for a walk. <laughs> yeah. But, but they if don't you... see it in that moment. No, That's just don't. you being a mom. That's just you being the dad. That's just you being the care provider. What they say of special time is this is our time, me and you. This is our time to play, to connect, to snuggle, whatever you want to do. This is our time, you and I, for, for us to be able to hang out. Um, and that is, uh, Alisa, yeah. such a great point because before we ask them to even, and I mean, so we do have the best times to connect in the day. And even before asking them to do anything first thing in the morning, connecting with them, filling that cup after being apart all night long, fill that cup first thing in the morning, you're going to see a difference in how agreeable your little one is going to be, how much more motivated they're going to want to be to do stuff because they're starting their day full versus starting their yeah. day empty and then trying to fill up. Mommy, watch me, watch me, watch me. Look at this, look at this, look at this. That's them trying to fill that cup. But if we fill that cup before we get there, you know, we're going to be able to have children that, not always, but I can say when I make that effort and I get up in the morning and I snuggle with them before getting up and saying, okay, hurry up guys, get dressed, hurry up. We got to do this. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Um, they are a lot more agreeable when I start my day like that. Absolutely. The other and thing this special time does is it helps relieve you of some of that parent guilt. Yes. Yeah. You've labeled it for yourself as well. So, you know, oh, did I really spend enough time with them today? I don't know. I was like, oh yeah. We, we did that puzzle together. That was great. Yeah. Absolutely. It wasn't just, I wiped bums, I made meals, I made snacks, I cleaned the kitchen, <laughs> I wiped their nose. Oh, look, I changed another diaper. Oh, it's bath time and I put you to sleep again, right? It's not just all of the parenting stuff, but it's actually that time to connect and play with them. And we know that it, it can seem really daunting when we're telling you to include that connection time in your day, but it doesn't have to be, you don't need to start with 20 minutes. Yeah. It can be 10 minutes. Set an alarm for them. If you've got, you know, toddlers two and up, set some type of a timer so that they know when that timer beeps, that's when this time is over and we will have more of that time again. The more behavior you are experiencing yes. in your day with your child the more behavior challenges, the more special time you're going to work in throughout that day and yeah. make it shorter blocks even of time. But it's like five minutes, several times a day or 10 minutes, you know, a few times a day so that you're kind of getting it in here. You're getting it in there. You're getting it in, you know, before they really have that chance to go way off track with their behavior. You're filling their cups, you're filling their tanks so yeah. that that behavior, you know, it does really, really change that behavior a lot. Yeah, yeah, I fully agree. And this is going to be what we're going to see too with, with children who are really clingy, um, who are really like just always want to be on you and always want to be near you. It's that... I can't get, I can't get that hundred percent from you. So I'm going to take that 10% and that 5% sitting on your lap. I'm going to do this. Okay. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. So it's, they're taking a little bit of, of everywhere instead of just getting full right from the beginning. Right. So uh, Lisa, I love, love, love that you said that because the more off track behavior your child is experiencing, the more connection they need, the more time with you they need. Um, one thing that I kind of want to throw in there as an aside is, okay, so we talked about our structured day and our schedule. Um, now we have some time in there for independent play. Now we have some time in there for um, special time. I also really want to encourage um, our our parents, our providers, um, to make sure that there's time in there for you as well. Yeah. Oh, so big. If you don't schedule it, you will not take it. So if they're having nap time and yes, the dishwasher and the floors need to be mopped and that has to get done. If you are exhausted, take that time. You need to take that time to be able to, 
release some, bring some of your own stuff down and then tackle the dishwasher and then tackle the floors or tackle the dishwasher, rest. And then after that, tackle the floors, right? Or rest first and then tackle whatever you can of the floor and then finish the rest while they're having their independent playtime. I just, the more you pile it on, 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 pile it on without taking that time to rest, to fill your own cup, the, the less you're going to be as a parent to your child who's going to need. I cannot fill my kids' cups. Snuggling and special time and all of that stuff when I am completely empty myself and I can't yeah. even handle um, regular everyday stuff, right? So it's really important. So as we're talking through that scheduling stuff, make sure that you have time in there for yourself. Again, if it's not something that you're doing regularly, start small and build on it, but you matter too, and you are important and you need that time as well as a provider. 100%. And also just go easy on yourself as well. Know that even if you have structure in your day, you're not always going to be like you're not always going to be able to follow that to a T, right? You're oh going to have some be days flexible. that are, yep. you're going to have some days that you are feeling like, wow, I accomplished so much. We followed the, the routine today and all was well. Then you're going to have other days where you just want to, you know, crawl into a little hole or something and you just can't even fathom going on for yes. longer that day, right? Again, that's a sign that you need to, refill your cup so recognize that but also go easy on yourself because you're gonna have days where your children are more clingy and yes you know that giving them more time in that day is gonna help but that day might be extremely busy we are dealing with so much right now that maybe you don't have the opportunity to really throw in all that special time with your child so you just go with the flow that day and you reflect that night and say okay moving forward what can I do tonight or tomorrow right yeah yeah how can I do things differently tomorrow to make it easier for them to make it easier on myself and this is this is one of those things that can feel really hard when you're starting um especially as you and your little ones are getting into the groove of it but but it's that long-term, it makes such a difference long-term. So, so yes, there's going to be those easy days, harder days, um, but stick with it because it really is going to make a big difference. We've been doing it with my guys. Um, and, and I've definitely, we've had weeks on and off, on and off. And today, literally we've had like three days of just, or two, I don't even know now, two days of like this extreme heat, today feels just as hot and like I we just I didn't get out of bed until later this morning which doesn't typically happen during the week but it was one of those days and then they just everyone just seemed blah even Alexa came down and she was like you know what can I just take some time today to just be by myself I went downstairs to the boys and I was like do you guys just want to have like a whatever day And they were like, yes, please. So I was like, okay, I'm recording. I've got some stuff to do. Ireland's got a test. But I was like, just, we know the rules. Pick up after yourself, clean the kitchen. But having a a whatever day, an off day here and there, so not a big deal. And I mean, even when we were structured and when when we were in school, I would often take a, a Wednesday afternoon and just be a mental health afternoon or a mental health day. And I would take one or two kids out of school um, to give them that, that break. Mm. Right. So there's Mm -hmm. no difference now. Yeah. It feels like we're not, they're not doing as much, but I think we all mentally just need a day to have that break. So, so do what you can stay as consistent as you can, but know that it's not going to be the exact same every single day. It's not going to be perfect every single day. Some days are going to be a heck of a lot harder than other days. But what we want to do is overall, we want to try and get that consistency on board of this is our structure for our day. This is how we can, this is what I would like our day to look like. Absolutely. And we just want to offer you that guidance and those tips because it can play such a huge role in their behavior. So if you're really struggling with that behavior, that is the first step and getting that special time scheduled and the independent play time scheduled in there makes such a difference. And I see it because when there are days where I don't have the time, I see such a difference in my children with their behaviors. I see that they're way more clingy. I'm touched out for the whole day because they're so clingy and I have not filled my own cup because I'm so busy and it's just a big mess. 
So it's just really important to know that that can happen and you have a day that's a big mess, but then at night that night, I always reflect on the day saying, okay, today was awful. Like I did not like today. How can I make tomorrow a little bit better? Okay, bring back that structure. Make sure tomorrow that I'm scheduling the, in the time for them. Make sure that I'm scheduling in the time for myself, right? So you don't have to do any of these things every single day, but just know that it can make such a big difference with their behavior. Yeah, it can also really help with um, like listening. Because if it's all wishy-washy, it's like, well, you said we were doing that and that was two days ago and we still haven't done that. So Mm -hmm. let me know when you're really serious over there. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, it definitely, definitely helps for that as well. Um, uh, Two other points that I really want to touch on for the structured day, um, that preferring one parent, that's going to be the same thing into that schedule. So if we have a little one who only wants mom to do stuff or only wants dad to do something, um, and we do have that, we do have a Facebook live video that I will post as well. So the blog and the video I will post in the comments below, um, wherever you're listening to this. But um, all things sleep and parenting on Facebook, you'll be able to find both of those as well. Uh, so preferring one parent, very, very uh, common with a lot of families. Um, a lot of children will go through phases of, I only want mom to do stuff. I only want dad to do stuff. Um, it comes down to the controls. So there's a lot of information on that Facebook live, but putting that into that scheduled day is going to make a difference. If they don't want anything to do with dad or with partner helping, you put that into their calendar, into their schedule. So if they won't, if they won't play whatsoever with one parent, I put in that independent play um, into their schedule. If they don't want the other parent doing any of the bedtimes, I put that into our schedule that two nights a week, the other parent is doing bedtime or three nights a week out of the seven, uh, the other parent is doing bedtime. So. I get a break, which is super important that I'm not the only one doing bedtime seven nights a week, every single day, every single night, um, night after night, year after year, that doesn't vibe in my family. No, (laughs) That, that makes my heart like just sink. Yeah. Being the only person being able to do bedtimes for years and years. Um, that, yeah. So, so we want to, that comes down to that control right and it's our three four five year olds who are struggling for that control that's what they their whole like ammo in life is get control of the situation power struggle here get control of the situation how do I do this so if we're getting into no I don't want no I don't want mommy to do that no I don't want daddy to do that that's a little one that has a lot of control in their day-to-day um, and not necessarily in the most beneficial places right so we want to take back that control of uh, mommy's doing bedtime tonight daddy does bedtime tomorrow night mommy does bedtime the following night um grandma does bedtime whatever the situation is right so put it on um, your visual calendar for them so that they can see and then you can redirect them to that calendar yeah every time yeah who's doing bedtime tonight let's check let's go look who's doing bedtime tonight oh okay it's me tonight yay or it's other parents tonight yeah yeah. yay what stories do you think you're gonna read with with papa or what stories do you think you're gonna read with mom right so it's you can engage them and ask those questions but them knowing what's coming as opposed to we get into bedtime their favorite time and they're all ready for snuggling we're like oh yeah sorry no dad's doing it that's not gonna (laughs) that's gonna be tantrums that's gonna be just chaos right they need they need a heads up Children need a heads up for everything. Yes. Like all those transitions, heads up is going to be super beneficial. It's just like us. We like to know in advance as well. Yeah. If I was sitting watching a show on TV and, and my partner came up and just shut the TV off, I would be livid. I'd be well, like, like what? Middle, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> middle right? of the book and they take your book and you're like, yeah. ah, didn't no. finish that sentence. It doesn't fly for us and it yes. does not fly for children whatsoever. Especially. So always keep that in the back of your mind. They're watching a show right now. Would, would I like it if I was watching a show and somebody just came and just turned off the TV, right? Always give that warning, that heads up. So like, two more minutes of TV and then this happens, right? Two more minutes in the pool and then you're getting out 
and this happens yeah. so that they can start to connect those dots of what's coming up next. The and then really helps. We're gonna yes. do this and then we're gonna do that. We're right. gonna have, we're gonna get this done and then we're gonna go and do this. Um, which brings us into that other piece of the refusing to get dressed, refusing to put <laughs> shoes on, that kind of stuff. Uh, Lisa and I, both of our youngest have very um, strong, strong personalities. personalities. <laughs> and my youngest of four just feels like rules are great for everybody else. Um, but he is definitely going to be uh, my brother who is boundary a boundary tester. Yeah. And it's better to ask. It's easier to ask for forgiveness than it is to ask for permission. That is yeah. already, I can see that in my little Oscar. Oh, now I never say too. that in front of him. No, um, <laughs> not going to give him that little piece of knowledge. Um, <laughs> but it's definitely, yeah. So for our two little guys, uh, this is right up our alley because um, yeah, they are struggling. Getting, getting dressed around here has been quite, um, quite the experience. And it's because for the first two weeks of of this whole situation, I kind of just said, whatever. Like, we were just living March in that break. moment, right? We were, we were getting yeah. used to it. It was March break. Sure, you want to stay in your pajamas all day? I don't care. Stay in your pajamas all day, right? So yeah. I kind of let that happen at first. And with my five-year-old now, he has developed a very big preference for pajamas over clothes. So <laughs> first step first step here was for me to put that into our routine so that yeah. there's a very clear picture of getting dressed in that routine and where it goes. Now for me, my children wake up in the morning, they get themselves breakfast, they watch TV for a little bit, and then I get up and I join them a little bit later, right? So yeah. for me, telling him to get dressed before he watches TV isn't something that I am willing to give up because then that means yes. I have to get myself out of bed to go and make sure that he is getting dressed. But it does certainly happen before something else big that he, like another big transition. So before he has snack, he has to get dressed. So yeah. every morning before he has his snack, it's, oh, mom, it's snack time. Oh, go get dressed first. Then you can have your snack, right? Yes. And you know, for Pam, it works well for you and your family to say you can get dressed and then Definitely you when we're in structure. Yeah, definitely when we're in like a, a like routine day school and stuff like that. Yeah, they absolutely have to get dressed before we can go downstairs. Even like we have to get dressed before they can go down or else it's just a pain to get everybody back up again. Right. Once they've eaten or had any TV time, my kids are like, and now it takes forever. Right. So for us, it's typically easier. Um, I do need to say over this uh, isolation, Oscar uh, has absolutely refused to wear shirts period. So that is going to be a big piece for us to get him back into wearing a shirt for more than 20 minutes at a time. Um, but um, yeah, so that our mornings are kind of more like that now because we, so typically it's, we get dressed, then we go downstairs and do all that stuff. But uh, now that we don't really have anywhere to go, we're, we're more of uh, you guys get up, make your own breakfast. Um, have their TV time eight to nine typically and then and get then, dressed <laughs> and then I get out of bed and then yeah. they get dressed. So like as right. I'm getting up and moving then I'm like, okay guys, come on up 10 more minutes. And then they have to come up. So I give myself 10 minutes to kind of do my stuff. I give them that warning. Uh, I also warn them that I'm coming downstairs, that the kitchen needs to be clean. So if they have cereal all over the floor or, you know, stuff all over the counters, they have to tidy that up. Um, and then they come up, get dressed, do their teeth. But then they can't do, and that's exactly it. They can't do anything else until teeth. Can we go in the pool? Teeth and get dressed. Can we do this? Teeth and get dressed. Like it has yeah. to be, you have to be dressed in teeth or bathing suit at this point in teeth. And here comes the biggest part. We, as the parents have to reinforce this if we yes. want it to happen okay yeah. because i can't tell you how many times there has been there has been a situation where oh you had your snack and you didn't get dressed but that was me because i wasn't reinforcing go get dressed right because we have to be on it we have to be on it especially with children that are especially with the like the ones that are like Dre and Oscar like yeah, you can't let because, that go once because they will no, remember that <laughs> exactly and for him <laughs> even at the point where I can't even say one day sure stay in your pajamas because then the next day is like 
10 times the fight again. But yesterday you let me stay in my pajamas, but that was a special day, right? But I, I am going to start incorporating some pajama days yeah. in our, in in our calendar, calendar. Yes. but it can't be just an all willy-nilly, oh, I don't feel like fighting this battle today, so I'm going to let yes. you just stay in your pajamas. That does not fly, right? So, And that's where you're going to run into the, the problems with the listening. Yes. yes. Absolutely. And the repeating a thousand times and the now yeah. it's every time you ask them to get dressed, it's a negotiation because yeah. that one time they said, do I have to? And you said, ah, not today. You're fine. Right. You know what? Today you could be in your pajamas. That's and all for right. some kids, that's fine. Like yeah. for, for my AJ, he's like, woohoo, pajama day. Not a big but deal. Next day Oscars we'll get up and, and get dressed. <laughs> not a problem. But Oscar's like, yeah, lady, you let me wear Oscars pajamas and yesterday Dre's. until 10.30. You, I am wearing pajamas today until 10.31. And I'm like, uh, yeah. no, it's time to get dressed today. Nope, you let me do it until 10.30 yesterday. And I'm like, okay. So so you have to know, obviously, you're going to know your little one and their temperament and their behavior. Um, but if you have a strong-willed child who absolutely flat out refuses every time, there's a few things that you want to be doing there. Uh, connecting, right? Yep. Before we ask them to get dressed, before we ask them what to do, we want to try them and... Yeah. Give and them a hug. Times there's times where I can see my kids starting to go off and I don't have to be like, Oh, we have to spend 25 minutes just snuggling with each other. I can scoop them up. I can take their face in my hands and I say, buddy, are you okay? Do you need a really big hug right now? And then I can offer that, that little bit of extra and it's enough that I can like squeeze them, make them giggle, give them lots of little kisses. It's like a 30 second thing. And I put them down on the ground and that, that, their whole demeanor has changed. Absolutely. So the power it makes of a connection. Huge, it makes a huge difference. So if your little one's refusing to get dressed, they're refusing to put on their shoes, we want to have that in the schedule. We want to have that into our calendar of what we're doing, our routine of what we're doing. Um, be consistent with it, that this is what time we get dressed at every day. Some families, like my brother's kids, are dressed at 6 a.m. The minute they wake up, they get dressed before they have breakfast. My kids struggle. We're like eight, nine-ish before we're getting dressed, 10-ish sometimes before we're getting dressed. Um, but so it's, it's what works for your family. It's what works for your children. But know that those different personalities, uh, I say this all the time, I have four kids, I have four different personalities, right? So I, what works with AJ doesn't work with Oscar. And when we have these strong-willed kids who are... Um, especially if they're struggling with other behaviors, like if you were having mm. lots of tantrums, if we're having lots of separation anxiety, that's all going to come into play, right? So um, putting they, that into the calendar, setting those expectations beforehand. And, and not expecting, like if your child is having a really hard time with that getting dressed component of their day, you can't expect that you're just going to say, go get dressed, and they're actually yeah. going to want to go get dressed. Sometimes you might need to go with them, and you might need to you know, motivate them just a little bit. It doesn't mean you have to f bend over backwards to like motivate them to get dressed, but they might just need you to go and have your presence there as they are sorting through their feelings of getting dressed, right? Yeah. And expect that they are going to not be happy about it. Expect that there might be a meltdown. Just the other day, Dre was in his room and he was, you know, getting dressed and he was just like, banging some of the things around in his room and he was like I hate getting dressed getting dressed is the worst thing ever and he was just like repeating that getting dressed is the worst thing ever and so for me that was an opportunity for me to go to him and say I know buddy you really don't like to get dressed these days you know and just validating those feelings for him but my presence there helped him overcome those feelings and get dressed and move on with that. Right. Whereas yeah. if I just said from downstairs, go get dressed, then it could have taken like 20 minutes oh. to get dressed, 20 minutes of upset, you know, a bigger power struggle. So sometimes it's okay if you need to go out, go upstairs with them or something. Sometimes he just wants me to pick out his outfit for him. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. You want you would like me to pick out your outfit. That's fine. I'll come and pick out your outfit. You know? Yeah. He just wants yeah. my presence there so that he doesn't have to go through those feelings and emotions by himself, you know, upstairs in his room. Well, it's not fun Sometimes. when you're like 
when you're like, oh, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. I don't. Do you want to come with me though? Do you, it'll make it easier if you come with me. Do you want to come with me and do it with me? Awesome. You're yeah. the best. Right? The groceries. So, yeah. Like it's uh, sometimes I'm just like, just come in the truck with me and you can sit in the truck while I run into the groceries. I just, just come with me. You know, like it's, it's, we just want somebody with us, especially when we're doing something that we don't really want to do necessarily. Yep. Um, and at least I think you made a really super valid point too. And uh, especially with the listening is if our children are struggling, if they're struggling to get dressed, if they're struggling listening, if they're struggling with all of that, they are not taking direction from across the room. Yeah. They're not. They're not taking direction from, hey, go and get dressed. Yeah, I can absolutely like, hey guys, Kate, you guys have 10 minutes and then come on up. I tell them, I'm like, put on your timer. We have a bunch of Google. So, hey Google, put on a timer for 10 minutes and she'll put it on. <laughs> they come upstairs, right? We have that routine that that's that expectation. But if I, if my kids weren't listening, if my kids were really struggling with listening, I wouldn't be able to just say, Hey, come on up now. No, that, that's not going to happen. I have to go downstairs and I have to get their eye contact and I have to say, okay, guys, their level. you have 10 minutes yep. and then it's time to come upstairs and get ready. Is that understood? Yes, 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 yes. Awesome. <laughs> right. So yeah, I think I think that was a valid point, a really good point, Elisa, of, of of not directing them from across the room, especially if they're struggling or in that they're in that moment of struggle. It's just not going to work. Yep. And Heidi mentioned getting down to their level as well, like making sure yes. that you're getting down to their level when you are making that eye contact with them. It's not you looking down at them; it's you getting down there. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That that eye contact and that. Um, here's the other thing too is they're so used to us having conversations above their heads so then all of a sudden you're you're talking to your spouse talk 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 and then you're saying okay go upstairs and get dressed you haven't gotten their attention yet you haven't said their name so they don't have no idea that you're talking to them it's it's alexa i wait for her to look okay buddy it's time to go upstairs and get dressed okay okay thanks and then off we go um so so really making sure that you're getting that eye contact it, it is is big that was a lot on that structured day. Oh my goodness. I feel like that was like, could be one whole episode. We do have a few other topics to, to touch on. Um, hopefully that, oops, that was my big squeaky chair. Sorry, Elisa. Lisa yells at me with my squeaky chair sometimes. Um, so hopefully uh, that squeaky structured day. Squeaky chair needs to go in the garbage. I know. Well, it just needs to be fixed. Um, so hopefully though, that the, you, you were able to take away the importance of structuring their day, of, of giving your little one the, that, those calendars, that routine, that visual of what's coming next. Um, and, and like we said, that is going to be those calendars and schedules. That's going to help with the independent play, with preferring one parent, with the refusing to get dressed, with the power struggles. Like that can just, uh, it's going to reduce it's tantrums. One it's one that helps with, a, a ton of things. bunch of different brackets of things. It really does. Um, one of the other big topics that uh, came up when we asked in the group was anxiety. We're seeing a lot of children with raised anxiety. Um, the anxiety is getting worse. So, so we do have a fears and anxieties podcast. Um, I would really encourage you guys to have a listen to that uh, if you are dealing with any fears and anxieties, because that'll kind of go into it more. Um, but some of the stuff that we wanted to talk about today in terms of anxiety, um, and this is a really big one for what we're going through right now. But again, even once we're through this kind of isolation, we need to be very aware as parents of what we're saying what mm -hmm. they're exposed to, what they're, what they're overhearing, um, the news playing on TV right now through COVID, the death toll. Um, if we're talking about, you know, this disease that's going to get us and kill us, that's going to raise anxiety. Um, it's this really bad, it's this really bad sickness that can, you know, can really hurt people. And um, if we over kind of not dramatize it because that's not what we're doing. But if we're telling them more details than they can handle, yeah, we're going to be raising their anxiety. They can't process. They can't process that information like we can. Um, a lot of adults are struggling. The rise of anxiety in adults is up. Um, I think they said the rise in anxiety medication is up thirty-five to forty percent over the last eight to twelve weeks. So. So we can't expect our children to be able to handle anxiety 
without giving them the tools, without helping them um, in that way. But one of the biggest pieces is what they're hearing, what they're overhearing, what we're saying, how we're talking about things is huge, yeah. hugely going to affect um, how they're processing. What we see on the outside of children processing, their behavior, their attitudes, their all of it, is about 10% of, of what's actually going on internally. So if we're seeing these behaviors on the outside with a lot of anxiety, there's a ton of anxiety um, going on inside and a lot of questions that they are just asking themselves over and over and don't can't express it to be able to get those questions out to get mm. the answers that they need to feel better. So be really mindful of that. My dad uh, loves CNN. That is like his channel that is on replay 24 <laughs> hours a day. Um, and for us and my family, we don't play the news because my kids are Ireland uh, is too sensitive to that. So we, especially as she was younger, not so much anymore, but when she was younger specifically, um, and that was something that Popo just had to, okay, that's right, the kids are here, we're not going to listen to this. Because um, it's just too much for them to be able to process. They can't handle, that's why we have ratings on movies, because they can't handle the, the scenarios. Their brains aren't developed enough to be able to process those scenarios without it causing anxiety, without it causing mm -hmm. all of these other issues, right? Um, another big piece for that anxiety is talk time, letting them talk. Yeah. Uh, we have an episode on that, Snuggles Before Bed, Yes Please. It is huge. So our children who are anxious are going to have typically more temper tantrums, more big upsets. They're going to have, they're going to be living in that higher kind of state of, of living. Um, it's the same we symptoms want, we have as adults, right? We're, yeah. we're on edge. Um, someone says something, does something, your, your partner leaves their coffee cup on the table and you freak out about it. You're like, it's just a coffee cup. Like, what's, what's really going on? What's this really about, right? Yes, exactly. Um, encouraging that talk time. Like, before bed is a fantastic time, but if your little one's really struggling with anxiety, you want to connect with them during the day and have those conversations as well. Um, and ask some questions like, hmm, what do you think what's going on right now, mm -hmm. right? Because mm -hmm. if we just jump in and start talking, uh, they're not, they're not, we're not getting a chance to listen to what they're saying, first of all, or what's actually going on with them. We're just assuming and then we're trying to help. So asking them the questions and seeing, because sometimes you're like, oh, like it's happened a couple of times where my kids will be like spiraling and I'm like, oh, wait a sec, wait a sec, wait a sec. No, 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 no. You misheard that. You are spiraling because of this and that's not even happening. So, so, whoa, I'm so sorry that you've been dealing with this for the last few hours. I had no idea that this is what you were fixated on. Right. So we just yeah. don't know what they're fixating on. So you do want to try and have um, those conversations. So, Again, a lot of the stuff that we have already spoken about is going to come back into play. That special time, one-on-one -on -one with both parents, if possible, with care providers, if it's, you know, um, time with grandma, time with mom, time with dad, whatever. But one-on-one -on -one time, um, special time is huge. Role-playing, especially if we're dealing with big anxieties. So allowing them to dictate that play and allowing them to be in control of the play um, allowing them to, especially if you can do it with like figurines and stuff, but allowing them to talk it through and in their own words, uh, try not to jump in and problem solve for everything. Just let them talk. But that special time, that talk time, that one-on-one -on -one time, um, those are going to be huge for, uh, reducing anxiety. Lisa, was there anything you wanted to add just cause I saw that you came off, but no. Okay. Um, so, so, uh, be mindful of what they are hearing, encouraging more of that special time, talk time, one-on-one -on -one time, uh, and then reassurance and validating, reassuring them and validating them that those fears are a concern. Telling our children that they are okay when they are visibly upset, um, is, is teaching them that, uh, to swallow their feelings. It's teaching them all sorts of things that, 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 that state of anxiety is, okay so we don't want to brush off their feelings we don't want to oh no don't worry about it you're fine um when we have little ones that are asking questions we don't want to just oh that's not something for you to worry about don't worry about that if they're asking yeah. those questions they're worrying about it so you want to address it you want to be on top of that and talk to them about it um if we have little ones who 
Um, I'm sorry, I'm just trying to think. Oh, lost my train of thought. Um, <laughs> it happens. We also still want to, you know, expose it to just to them, right? Yes. We're not completely avoiding everything. We're like, oh no, everything's fine. Nothing's wrong. Yes. Absolutely. Um, and we talk a lot about that in our fears and anxieties episode is, is, you know, if we have a little one who's terrified of thunderstorms, we're not going to hide in the basement every time there's a thunderstorm. If we have a little one who's scared of a dog, we're never going to um, expose them to dogs. We want to help them through those fears, especially at this age, three, four, five. Those are fears that we want to be helping our children through, not um, turning them into long-term uh, issues, right? So uh, the anxiety they're seeing, you know, they're seeing that stress of when we go to the grocery store and now we come home and we disinfect everything and then we have to you know we're like oh don't you just came in hurry up and wash your hands they're seeing that from us so they're 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 getting it and they're seeing it so be open with them to a certain degree but be open with them if they're asking those questions answer their questions um if you're really struggling to get in to like that deep kind of what they're doing what's really bothering them that role play in that special time is going to be huge, 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 huge for that. Um, it, it's going to allow them to just be in that role, especially with that role playing. If we can put them in the role of the like provider and then we're pretending whatever we're playing with is pretending yes. to be scared or anxious or whatever. And they're having that opportunity to talk them through, um, you know, the stuff that we're saying. So it, it does it does make a big difference in in helping uh reduce some of that anxiety and then validating buddy this is you know <laughs> so we had one i had one family that i spoke to sorry and uh their daughter was about seven um and was really anxious about what was going on and and mom and dad were saying, you know, we don't know. We, we don't know what's going on. Like, nobody really knows. We have no idea what's going to happen. You know, that long-term stuff. And that is absolutely, I didn't know what was happening. Um, but what I want to make sure that I'm getting across to my children is, listen, we've never lived through this. I haven't lived through this. Yeah. Your dad hasn't lived through this. You guys have never lived through this. Nan and Popo have never lived through this. But we have really, so I don't know what's going to happen next, but we have really smart people that are taking care of us, that are making sure that we are being protected, that are going to help us. So that is mom and dad's job. We are going to be getting all the information that we need, and I'm going to make sure that you guys are going to stay safe. You don't need to worry that you are safe or not. Mommy's going to take care of all of that. So I'm, I don't know what's happening next, and that's okay to tell them. I'm not sure. I'm not sure how this is going to turn out. But we have people that are taking care of it and I'm going to take that pressure off of you that you have to worry about what's next or what's going to happen or those long-term things. I'm going to take that off of your plate because I'm going to say that's mommy's job. I'm taking care of that. You don't need to worry about those things. I'm taking care of that because I know who to listen to. I'm watching what I need to be doing, that kind of stuff. Right? So we're reassuring them that we have this. That's all they need to know. Even if we don't, they just need to know. It's kind of like being stuck on an island with somebody and everybody's freaking out, but then you have one person that's like, okay, guys, come on back. This is what we're going to do. Everybody's going to flock to that person and feel that much safer because we have that one person that's calm and who's guiding us through. No different than our children. When they are in chaos, they are looking to us to say, okay, should I be this anxious? Should I be this worried? And then you're saying, I don't know what's going on either. So they're like, okay, I should be scared, right? But then when we're reassuring and we're saying, I know that this is really scary. This is scary. These are scary times. I'm going to make sure that we are staying safe. You don't need to worry about being safe because I'm taking care of that responsibility. Um, and then exposing them, like we're still talking about it, we're still helping them, we're still, you know, talking them and have those conversations. It's not fun that we haven't been able to go to the park, eh? Remember when we used to go to the park? Um, we can talk about those things and we can tell them that it's, we're struggling with how shitty it is that we're still stuck inside, right? Like, that's okay to, to, to validate and, and talk to them about that stuff. We just always want to make sure that they know that they are safe because we are in control. We have it. Yeah, it's huge. You don't have to have all the answers. You just have to listen and say, I hear you. Yeah, it does suck. Yeah. 
Yep. And you're, you know what? You're really lucky because you've got me, kiddo, because I am going to make sure that you stay safe. That is my number one job in those worlds is to make sure that you guys are safe. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining us for this podcast this week. We hope that you got some good information about regressions that might happen. If you are struggling with something that we didn't get a chance to talk about, feel free to reach out to us, info at restfulparenting.com, and we can help you with your unique, specific situation. If you need help getting that structure going in your household, because it's easier said than done sometimes, sure is. We, can, we can give you some of those resources. We can make them for you. We can help you with the structure of your own home. So, yeah. So definitely subscribe if you're on the on the podcast. Be sure to subscribe and then check us out restfulparenting.com. Um, we have lots of lots of information on the blog. Uh, of course, the podcast go through all of the past rep episodes as well. Um, the YouTube channel Restful Parenting on YouTube has lots of videos. Um, and then be sure to join us in our Facebook group, All Things Sleep and Parenting on Facebook. Miss Heidi also has uh, a fantastic community on her Blossom Early Learning um, on Facebook as well. So. Be sure to check uh, both of those out for any information you guys need. And we will be back hopefully next week with another episode. Bye-bye. Thanks, guys.